Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Anyone who has spent any amount of time on the internet reading the heartbreaking stories of those who have suffered at the hands of healthcare practitioners regarding the last pandemic that this world experienced knows that there is much information that has come out since then. That information, for the most part, tells us that something was and is seriously wrong. Now, I wrote previously about uh, SV40, which, as it turns out, is simian virus that has been included in the Operation Warp Speed jab. Interestingly enough, there is more information coming out that DNA was actually included in the jab. Take the time to watch the video I have linked in the transcript where USC professor Dr. Philip Buchholz explains things before the South Carolina Senate. Let me break it down for you before I give a quote from him. Dr. Buchholz is, first of all, trying to be extremely generous in his assessments, trying to avoid the implication uh, an accusation that the DNA he found in the jab serum vials was deliberately placed there. He prefers to believe that the reason foreign DNA was found in the serum is due solely to incompetence. Now, at one point, Dr. Buchholz states the following, and I've slightly edited this because it was uh, transcribed from the video on which he uses um and pausing and all that. So he, basically, he says this, I'm trying to be gracious here. In many circumstances, there could be malice underneath, but I'm trying to see just incompetence to be gracious. So the Pfizer vaccine is contaminated with plasma DNA. It's not just mRNA. It's got bits of DNA in it. This DNA is the DNA vector that was used as the template for the in vitro transcription reaction when they made the mRNA. I know this is true because I sequenced it in my own lab. I sequenced all the DNA that was in the vaccine and I can see what's in there. And it's surprising that there's any DNA in there and you can kind of work out what it is and how it got there. And I'm kind of alarmed about the possible consequences of this, both in terms of human health and biology. But you should be alarmed about the regulatory process that allowed it to get in there, unquote. So the doctor goes on to say that the DNA included in the jab could be the cause of what he calls, quote, rare but serious side effects like death from cardiac arrest, unquote. Well, we know there's been an uptick in sudden deaths with those who have taken the jab. We know that there have been numerous serious adverse reactions with those after they've taken the jab, but not necessarily in the unjabbed. So we now know that the serum, Pfizer's serum for the COVID jab contains SV40 that can weaken and destroy the immune system and foreign DNA that can increase the chances of someone having a heart attack or other serious side effect. Why? Why did Pfizer include those things? Why was SV40 also used during the AIDS crisis in the 80s? Well, beyond this, several reports are, several reports are also proving that Pfizer actually knew 
about the fact that their jab was killing people. And I've got links to that in the transcript. And they not only did not pull the jab off the market, but continue to push it even now in spite of all the adverse reactions and deaths, not counting the ones we do not know about. What we're seeing in many areas of society is pure evil. It is coming clearly out in the open and shows no sign of abating. Gee, I'm no prophet and I never claimed to be and I don't want that mantle, but it seems pretty obvious that things will worsen globally and in many different areas, health-wise, economically, and the rest. Consider, consider that Satan wants us dead. He hates human beings because we were made in God's image. That alone is enough to want him to kill as many people as possible or certainly torture them or make their lives miserable. Even those who knowingly or unknowingly ideologically align with or even outright worship Satan will eventually be cast off since he's only using them to gain dominion over the world. Right now, he needs the elite that he placed in power to direct the affairs of this world. I mean, you think he actually likes someone or respects someone like Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates? I'm sure he laughs at them with a deep-seated hatred. Satan is using those individuals for his purposes and in most cases has the ability with God's permission to give them tremendous wealth and the power that comes with it. Now, without human agents, Satan would accomplish very little in this world. Everything he would be doing would be from outside human will. But since he has the ability to turn people to his will because of the sin nature and even completely possess those who are in rebellion against God, Satan is able to accomplish much and create tremendous division in society while doing so. One of the main things Satan does is kill people and or make their lives so miserable they want to kill themselves. Of course, he wants this to happen preferably before they have a chance to see the truth of the gospel and receive Christ as Savior. His whole purpose is to pull people away from God and God's salvation. Can you imagine thinking that you caused humanity to fail in the Garden of Eden, caused them to forever be out of fellowship with God? Can you imagine thinking that? Then Satan delighted, I'm sure, in thinking that there was no solution to that situation that he helped create. Imagine how gleeful and proud you'd feel about that accomplishment. You succeeded. And then God turns your glee into anger when he implies that a Savior is coming and a way to return to God will open up, Genesis 3. Now, if that doesn't fuel Satan's hatred, I'm not sure what does. Foiled again. I'm certainly, I'm fairly certain that Satan simply delights in killing people, turning humans on humans. And because of his hatred of God and humanity, Satan has a lust for killing, maiming, torturing, or destroying. So bent is he on making himself equal with God any way that he can, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. Now, unfortunately for humanity, that comes with a huge downside for us. We're no match for him at all. If Satan cannot get permission from God to kill people directly, he will use whatever means he has at his disposal to bring them to the brink of suicide. Satan wants people gone long before they can receive salvation. Now, on a related note, the Bible tells us that the love of money 
is the root of all evil. First Timothy 6.10. This is where it starts and ends. And it's how Satan makes headway into people's lives more often than not. People tend to love money because of what it provides. It's one thing, though, to have enough money to make life comfortable, to provide for the actual needs of your family. It's another thing to use people dishonestly to make as much money as possible, uh, to cheat and to steal. And then once having become wealthy, continuing to use money to increase that wealth, even if it makes other people's lives miserable. And that's how Satan pushes people. That's what he does. Satan dangles gold, supreme wealth, and power over the heads of many people who are quite willing to literally sell their souls in exchange for all that he offers. Just as Esau sold his birthright, Genesis 25, for something extremely temporary, in his case, hunger, many of today's rich people have done the same. Selling their souls in exchange for wealth and power Think of super rich people in Hollywood, for instance, who have become household names. What did they have to compromise or sell of themselves to get there? What part of their soul did they have to sell in order to make it big? There is credible evidence that even during Hollywood's so-called golden age decades ago, actors who eventually became household names, highly sought after and extremely wealthy were involved in porn flicks and sleeping around long before they got famous in order to get to a level they longed for in Hollywood. And in the end, I have to wonder how happy they were with all of it. Fame and fortune all seem to come at a fairly high human cost and spiritual cost. And too many continue to strive for it today. God evicted Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden for their protection. So they could not taste of the tree of life and live forever in their sin state. Globalists now strive to do an end run around God and create their own tree of life. These little quote-unquote gods among humanity have no qualms about using the rest of us for their pharmaceutical experimentation in an effort to find out what works, what doesn't, as they endeavor to find that elusive path to quote-unquote eternal physical life. So what if in the process they end up harming or even killing millions of people? It's a twofold win for them. First, they find what works and what doesn't. And second, they rid the world of useless eaters, as globalists stated years ago and are even more brazen in their statements today about culling the population of the earth. You know, I'm amazed that people still believe Big Pharma is concerned about our health. My wife and I personally know people who think this. They're Christian, consider themselves conservative, yet they clearly seem to miss the truth that maybe, just maybe, pharma is in it for the money first and foremost, and not at all concerned about any harm from their products. However, these same pharma companies are now experiencing large financial losses because fewer and fewer people are interested in jabbing up with the next booster. Maybe more folks are starting to wake up. Maybe more are connecting the dots with people like Fauci and numerous others who vowed, who, you know, tried to factually state that getting jabbed meant not getting the disease and not transmitting it to others. Well, that was provably false. The pharma believers continue to claim, well, it would have worked if everyone had done their part and gotten a jab. Well, the nonsense continues. How stupid is this? Yet people believe it. 
What's happening today has all been in the works for quite some time. In fact, a video from the 1990s spells it out specifically, linked in the transcript. According to the individual speaking, there is a three-pronged plan for the coming New World Order. First, there is a New World Order political system that is the main structure of this coming order. Second, there is an economic system that will be put into place. Uh, third, there's a religious system that will also be part and parcel of this coming global government or world order. All of this has its roots in prophetic scripture. Now, while many of the details are not necessarily included in God's word, we are seeing the nuts and bolts of this final global order coming together as details are being fleshed out in front of us personally. I do not believe that the bulk of what occurs in Revelation will happen until after the rapture, and I'm well aware that there are many who disagree with that position. However, as I've said numerous times previously, we have no idea how far along things will go before that occurs. Certainly, we cannot pinpoint it or even count on it to swoop us up when things may start looking seriously grim. Nonetheless, we need to remember in all things, God is in charge. It's his program that is unfolding, not ours, not Satan's. Satan and his minions, as well as his human agents, are merely the actors. And while it appears that in many ways Satan is winning, we know better, don't we? God is winning, and he will win in all things. God never fails. He never stumbles. His ultimate and overall plans are never derailed. Those things happen on Satan's side of the aisle. Just read the three chapters of the book of Joel to give you a really good picture of how God is in charge and how he wins over everything Satan can try to throw, and humans as well. Thanks for joining me today, and until we meet again, I pray that God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 